The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown in stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline, pylon, touchdown, and the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined once again by my co-host, Aaron Murray. That's right, we are back in the fold. A little bit different today. I had the pleasure of being invited on Sirius XM SEC Radio with Aaron and his co-host, Chris Childers, on Thursday. So I'm going to go ahead and replay that. It's a nice little Punt and Pass SEC Radio crossover. We had an awesome 20-minute conversation touching pretty much on everything that's happening in the world of college football, but mostly celebrating the start of the FCS season, which kicks off in a few weeks. The SEC, of course, kicking off in less than a month on September 26th. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Punt and Pass. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 And please, if you haven't yet, I'm sure you have. Head over to puntandpass.com. It's our brand new, awesome website. It's got a blog. I wrote about how I think the American Athletic Conference has the most opportunity with this different 2020 season that lies ahead. We've got our locker room where you can buy some sweet merch. Everywhere our podcast is distributed, our YouTube channel, it's all right there. Check out puntandpass.com. Yeah, I had the great pleasure of being on SEC Radio on Sirius XM, Channel 374, if you have Sirius XM with Aaron. As you know, I've been doing some solo podcasts before the season really kicks off because Aaron's been busy. He's been hosting and co-hosting multiple shows, whether it's SEC Today or SEC This Morning, or he's on ESPN Radio over on Sirius XM. He hit me up the other day, said, hey, why don't you jump on with me and CC, that, of course, being Chris Childers. So I said, sure. We had an awesome conversation. It's about 20 minutes long. Let's just dive right into it. Please enjoy it. The audio is a little funky, but I think if you manipulate your volume control, you should be able to enjoy it just fine. So Aaron had me on. Here it is. I was on Sirius XM SEC Radio Channel 374. Please enjoy this special episode of Punt and Pass. This is the SEC Today, the show about the conference that just means more. We are back here. It is the SEC Today. Chris Childers, Aaron Murray. Let's talk some SEC football. Is We're like a month away from starting games. We are literally a month away right now. Uh, Drew Butler is our guest. He is one half of the Punt and Pass podcast. He is the more talented and better looking half of the Punt and Pass podcast. Podcast, Mr. Butler, former Georgia kicker. How are you, sir? 
I'm great. How are y'all doing? It's been a while since we've talked. Thanks for the uh, invite. I am so happy. We're just four short weeks away from some SEC football. How has your life been over the last seven months? I see some golf clubs in the background. Is that just all you've been doing or what? Yeah, I've, I've gotten back out on the golf course. You know, my wife and I had our second daughter on March 22nd, three Congrats. days before the shutdown. Wow. Yeah, so uh, we had a little pandemic baby, Kara. She is fantastic. She turned five months old this past Sunday. So um, Murray was not short afterwards with little Maddox, the stud man. So we just got some babies out here, and we're just we're just making it happen. So everybody's healthy, everybody's safe. So we've been blessed that way for sure. Which means you've literally done nothing with your life. You've been home. You guys picked the worst. You both, you morons, picked the worst two times. This ever has been the best time to, have to a raise kid. a kid because we can't do anything. You know, you can't go to the bars. You can't travel. Yeah. So might as well just stay home and raise a human being. You know, yeah, you say I, that now I until you hit the breaking point. You want to get the hell out. <laughs> go to the bar. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's been now. crazy. It's Drew, been Drew, crazy. Drew and I went sure. golfing the other day, so we got out of the house. Oh, we went to go play a little East Lake action. So we we we. we Drew whooped my butt. Drew's been playing since he was like two years old, though. So that swing is buttery, to say the least. Uh, Drew Butler is our guest. One half of the Putt and Pass podcast. The other half is Aaron Murray. Uh, are you guys releasing every week? Is that happening right now? Yes, it is. And uh, okay. it was obviously an interesting time during quarantine. Murray was having a baby. I, I did something called the Quarantine Chronicles, had a bunch of awesome guests on. So you guys should download the podcast. Go check it out. We just launched a brand new website, puntandpass.com. We're over a million downloads now. Two episodes per week all throughout the football season. We're the go-to spot for your SEC action, of course, otherwise right here on Sirius XM SEC Radio. So we're fired up for season four, which is crazy to think of, Murray. I love that. You see that bus that's behind Aaron? It's yes. Like a really creepy-looking bus that he got. Yes. Uh, you, not a good one. Can you make replicas of that for me to buy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I, I'll I reach out to the worse. people at the Georgia Florida Hall of Fame and get a couple replicas. I have I to have that. Worse. Cristiano Ronaldo's are mine. Cristiano had a pretty bad one. Ronaldo's and I got pretty this. bad, but you look pretty creepy. I mean, I got to tell the you, teeth, if I, if I ever saw that guy, I would run the other way. I would hide my children. <laughs> I would, like, my dog I'd lock up. Uh, anyway, speaking of Georgia and Florida, Drew, I'm sure now that we have a schedule and a season to get excited about, you've talked about who's the, who's the leader in the SEC East. You know, Georgia – has been that team. Florida's knocking on heaven's door. Kyle Trask. Do you think preseason it's Georgia or the Gators with the better roster going in? I think with the better roster, it's Georgia. Um, I think Georgia has a couple more question marks, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense is absolutely stacked. They've got a ton of experience, so they're in a really good spot at the beginning of the season. You know, there is a lot of questions around the quarterback position, but you're talking about two guys with experience, Jamie Newman and JT Daniels, whoever you think. Keep in mind, before spring football was canceled, everybody from a from an NFL scouting standpoint, from a who's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation standpoint, was pointing towards Jamie Newman being in that top five category, of course, alongside Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and the like. I mean, he got schlacked by Clemson last year. I think anybody would have in his particular situation. But the guy knows how to play football. He's a big dude. He can execute Todd Munkin's um, kind of run-and-gun style offense. And I think that puts Georgia in a really good place. You know, their offensive line is probably the biggest question mark on the offensive side of the ball. But if they can establish the run and then actually run RPOs, Aaron, you know, they tried to last year with Jake Fromm, but everybody knew Jake was certainly going to hand the ball off. 
that's going to present a lot of issues. I understand Florida's continuing to make strides under Dan Mullen's leadership, but until he beats Kirby, I just can't get there. I really can't get there. And I've talked about it time and again, even going back to Kirby's time as defensive coordinator at Alabama against Dan Mullen. Then you look at Dan Mullen and Mississippi State against Kirby as the head coach of Georgia. And now where they're at now, Georgia, Florida, Mullen just cannot get over the Kirby smart hump, much like Coach Rick could not get over the Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier hump on a consistent basis. So that gives me reason to pause. And then my sleeper team in the SEC East, seriously, is Tennessee. I mean, if Tennessee and Jared Garantano can somehow find some consistency, they have a fantastic offensive line. We know how good of a play caller is Jim Chaney can be when he has an established run game. Watch out because Tennessee under year three of Jeremy Pruitt could really make strides and fight for maybe that second spot in the SEC East. That would be interesting as hell. I I cannot buy Tennessee. Like, I'm begging you, Drew, not to drink it. Really? I just don't see anything different from Butch Jones. I don't. Like, the recruiting's the same. The everything's the same. The fool's goal the second half of the season when they beat nobody. They play Vanderbilt in Missouri and, you know, Sally Struthers A&M and Eric Estrada A&T. And they did the same crap under Butch Jones. And where did it go? Like, I just, and I don't think Jerry Garantano is a good football player. No, I mean, that's that's been documented, right? So will they go with Mara? I mean, you don't know at this point. Obviously, Mara showed signs of life as well. And Kentucky, I will not drink that Kool-Aid. I mean, I will drink that over Tennessee. Kentucky is not What about two years ago? Let's be serious. Look, what happened two years ago? They thought they were legitimate. They hosted Georgia in Lexington for the SEC East crown, and they absolutely pissed down their leg. I mean, that is Kentucky's MO. They cannot take the next step and I don't see them being able to do that in 2020 either this truncated season Aaron says it best and really it's for any season of college football but it's going to be exacerbated in 2020 if you have a great defense and you have an experienced quarterback you have a leg up on the competition it's going to be 10 weeks of conference play week after week after week you're going to have to bring it and if you have a fantastic defense you're going to be in a lot of ball games put together an experienced quarterback with that now you have a chance to really make it something special i just don't see kentucky being in that situation and i think the sec east is going to end up being a pretty good division when it comes all said and done i don't like your attitude drew i don't <laughs> I'm, I'm with tennessee a little bit too i just think there's that that swag sip it up Plus, sip it up I'm not saying I'm not drawing there's gonna be a surprise. I think it's Georgia, Florida, one A, one B, however you want to put it. And then I got Tennessee there. And and don't sleep on South Carolina too. Uh, Maybe just because maybe because I'm sipping on the Mike Bogle Kool-Aid there in that offense. Uh, if they can stay healthy. Drew, Drew, I want to ask you big picture college football before we'll we'll jump back in the SEC. Yeah. Your thoughts on the decision from the Big Ten, Pac twelve, um, Hate it, love it, too early, right timing, all that good stuff. Well, you know, personally, I hate it because I, I want to see those student athletes have the chance to play football. I think everybody was looking at the Pac-12 and saying there's no way they're going to play. And, of course, they were the first to decide they weren't going to play. They were very transparent with their decision. So I will give them that. You know, the West Coast bubble that they're in, it's a completely different situation than what we're dealing with here in the South. So you knew the Pac-12 wasn't going to play football or sports in the fall. They kind of laid you down easy. The Big Ten, I'm extremely disappointed in. I I really am. Again, going back to the student-athletes, but the failure of leadership, the lack of of transparency their reasoning 
for canceling the season and in the same breath saying it's for player health and safety, but we're going to play in the spring. That's ridiculous. First things first, there's not going to be spring football. I wrote about it on puntandpass.com. Aaron, you and I have talked about it at length. If you play college sports, okay, and I rarely say this, and Aaron, you don't say this a lot either, but if you had played college sports and you were a student athlete, you understand the sacrifice and your scheduling and what it takes to go through a season. Football specifically, you take certain classes in the fall because you're a major requirement. Some you can't take, others you have to plan for the spring in order to graduate. Logistically, the football operations staff and the support staff, they make these plans months, sometimes years in advance. What charter bus are we taking? What airports are we flying out of? What hotels are we staying at? What five meals are we going to eat on the road? It is so down to the minute detailed. The fact that these ADs and university presidents just say, hey, you know what? Cancel this. We'll do it in the spring. That's another knock on the belt. And then essentially, there is no way that student athletes will be safe playing 20 to 24 games in a 12 month span. It's not going to happen. So shame on Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, and shame on the university presidents for continuing to say we're going to play spring football. No, you're not. I I will raise my hand if I'm wrong, but I have a really good feeling that I will not be wrong in this particular instance. I am disappointed in the Big Ten. You saw Justin Fields put out that petition saying we want to play. We feel safe. You saw Micah Parsons, who did opt out from the season, come out and say, you know what? I opted out for these reasons, but I felt safe at Penn State. We've put great health and safety protocols and guidelines in place. The fact that Kevin Warren took this decision away from the student athletes really upsets me. I I feel like they should have had the opportunity to say, yes, I want to play or no, I don't want to play. Shame on the Big Ten. I'm upset we won't have them to poke fun of this fall. Um, But you know what? It's going to have a great opportunity for people and teams in the American Athletic Conference, Aaron, to step up and make a case. UCF, Cincinnati, Navy, these teams, Houston. Look, Houston redshirt half their team last year. These guys are going to have a great chance to make some noise and maybe, just maybe, try to find their way into a college football playoff. Drew Butler is our guest from the Punt and Pass podcast. Check out the website, puntandpass.com. With Ohio State out of it, with the Big Ten out of it, with the Pac-12 not having a seat at the table, do you think there's a way for the American to be the big winner? as far as access, TV, eyeballs, and maybe even a playoff spot. Any chance American's the big winner here this year? Yeah, I I think so. You know, you watch an American athletic conference game, whether it's a Thursday night game last season or a Saturday game that grabs your attention, there's a lot of good football and a lot of good football players in the American athletic conference. Now, if the SEC, look, that schedule came out two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. You saw how brutal it was for some teams. There could be a lot of attrition within the conference, the ACC. I think they could also be the big winner here, though, Childers, because put it this way. You think, okay, there's only three of the Power Five conferences playing. The odds of two teams from the same conference getting into the college football playoff are pretty high. You go straight to the SEC. You think Georgia-Florida, excuse me, Georgia-Alabama, Alabama-Florida, LSU-Georgia, whatever you think, but you forget Notre Dame is an ACC member in 2020. Notre Dame hosts Clemson. They will have to play in the ACC championship again, potentially. If they trade games and if they play each other close two times, the ACC could be the big winner and have two teams in the college football playoff. 
who would have thunk it? Nobody, oh, yeah. obviously, because Notre Dame not being an official <laughs> member, a longtime member. But in short, yes, the American Athletic Conference by far has the most opportunity heading into 2020. kind of hope they take advantage. I kind of hope that the Pac-12 gets wally-pipped. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. My fingers are crossed. I want it to happen so bad. Aaron, go ahead. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. I, I covered a lot of those games. I mean, it would be awesome to see like a Cincinnati it's a league, in there. It's good. It's, it's a good great problem. league, man. It was last year it was, it was just as good as the ACC was last year. So Absolutely. I just think I just think they got to be undefeated, and there has to be the rest of the conferences. I don't think the ACC could happen. I mean, that, that could happen. Could happen. Drew, let's let's go to the West a little bit. Now we talked about Georgia, Florida a little bit, Tennessee a little bit, Kentucky. Alabama's going to be Alabama. I don't think there's any worries about them. Uh, LSU uh, lost a lot. Who, in your mind, is the second-best team? Do you think it's LSU? Is it A&M? Is it Auburn? As we get going into the season on the West. I would lean A&M. You know, Jimbo Fisher understands exactly what's expected of him there in College Station. Kellen Mund is back. You know, I told you, Aaron, on the podcast, I would probably put Kellen Mund a smidge ahead of Kyle Trask as the best returning QB in the SEC in 2020. Again, you think Jamie Newman and George or JT Dino's and George, you just don't know. So you can't put him in that conversation, I don't think. I'm going to kill him on. And again, you want to talk about opportunity. You want to talk about making the most of this differentiated season, this truncated conference-only season. If Texas A&M can find a groove, we know what they can do when they get hot because they usually do either early in the season or late in the season. And then when they get to the meat of their schedule, they'll drop a game or two. They're experienced now. Everybody knows what Jimbo Fisher expects of them with the Aggies. I think it's big-time opportunity for Texas A&M to step up and say, we will compete with Alabama for that SEC West crown. It's almost now or never. I really do feel that way because – Auburn with Bo Nix coming back for his second year, they're going to be formidable. And, you know, obviously with the limited time to maybe prepare for what Gus Malzahn can bring week in and week out, I think Auburn's going to be there as well. But if I had to pick one right now, Murray, I'm going Texas A&M number two behind Alabama in the SEC West. Hey, my boy, CC, CC, you're, you're muted, bro. He's muted. All right. If it doesn't go that way, let's just say it doesn't go that way, and, and A&M doesn't have that kind of year, and they don't finish second, and let's just say they go six and four, mm-hmm. what do you think that means for Jimbo Fisher? Like, not that he's in trouble, but with the money he's being paid, with the expectation, with the blank plaque that was given from Scott Woodward to Jimbo that says national champions fill in the blank, and I know it's tougher because it's an all-SEC schedule, if they go six and four, they're not that number two team. What does that mean for Jimbo? It means he has a great agent. Um, that's probably the first thing. It means that they overpaid immensely, but it also means that it's just the nature of the beast in the SEC West. I mean, look, is it impossible to do? No, and LSU proved that a year ago. If Kellen Mund is able to find lightning in a bottle like Joe Burrow and the LSU offense did a year ago, then there you go. It just takes one. I mean, I mean, that's the thing, and that's why they gave Jimbo a 10-year contract. Just get us one. Find one year to figure it out. And you know what? I can guarantee you that Texas A&M boosters and fans and alumni will not give a damn if it's 2020 in a truncated season. They won't care. Oh, First no. off, they want to win the West. They want to get to Atlanta. Second off, they want to find their way into a college football playoffs to really compete for a national championship. So going back to Jimbo, look, he's got a great agent. 
He's not going anywhere. They're in it for the long haul. So props to them because that's really unheard of in this day and age in college, day and age in college football. But even at a bigger picture, Childers, it's going to be so crazy to think about what coach is really on the hot seat. I mean, yeah. think about where these universities are from a bottom line standpoint. How much money they're going to be losing. Who's going to pay a massive buyout Nobody and then now. pay Nobody to put can. a committee search together and go find a new head coach? Everybody's got a hall pass this year, so you might as well take the big shot. I agree with realistic, that. It's a weird realistic, year the hot seat. Go ahead, Aaron. Realistic chances that the season gets to 10 games. I, I think we all can agree that it's going to get to week one. I think we feel yeah. pretty confident. Do we make it the entire season of college football? I think so. Um, I saw a great interview yesterday on my boy, I say that jokingly, Paul Feinbaum show from a sports media professor um, from Georgia. Um, I forget her name. I believe her, Professor Michaelis. And he was asking her essentially, like, where do we go if students continue to get sent home? Because you're seeing a lot of universities say, hey, you know what? We're shutting down in-person classing and we want the student bodies to go home to limit the spread of COVID-19. And she said it perfectly. She said if the football players have the same access as the regular student body to get online learning, let them go play football. Everybody's learning the same. You have the same opportunity to learn. She said put them in a bubble and let them play football. I thought that was a very reasonable approach to what you're bringing up, Aaron. What happens if there's a massive outbreak? What happens specifically if there's an outbreak on a team? They've built in the two bye weeks to really make sure that they can remain flexible and hopefully get 10 games in. As we get closer to September 26, my confidence level continues to rise. I think we're getting 10 games this year. And I think the student athletes know it's on them, right? I mean, Murray, you know how much sacrifice goes into a season. Would we celebrate a win on Saturday? Yes. Would we celebrate a loss or mourn a loss on Saturday? Yes. But in this crazy season, the coaching staff just says, hey, guys, can't do it cannot risk it just don't go out don't go to the bars on saturday night i think the majority of them and i think maybe all of them would say okay hand in the pile let's get 10 games and make the most of this crazy crazy year so i'm my my confidence is growing murray i think we get 10 games that sounds good but then i know you guys you know what i mean and i i know as you're talking big as adults right now but i just can't imagine aaron murray during this time not hitting on the girls not going to the bar not Don't me. Put this on me. Butler would have been fine. <laughs> Butler is an upstanding citizen. I'm a leader. Uh, his I'm father a leader. Was a, uh, his father was a hero of mine as a young Chicagoan. I mean, Butler, I guarantee you, had a fine upbringing. I know Drew the crap. And on the rocks. Drew and on the rocks <laughs> on Saturday night at about 9 or 10 o'clock. Nonsense. For him every single Saturday. Still is there. The appointment still stands. Still Larry. there. Still stands. <laughs> Drew Butler, puttingpass.com, puttingpass podcast. He's the best half, the good half, the other half. His name is Aaron Murray. Uh, Drew Butler, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Have a great week. Appreciate it. All right, there you go. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Big shout-out to Aaron and Chris Childers for having me on. I think I'll be on pretty regularly throughout the season to give you my takes on what's going on in the world of college football. But – you know, it's going to be an interesting season in the SEC. And as Aaron has said on this very podcast, if you have a veteran defense, an experienced defense with a decent quarterback, you're going to be just fine, right? 10 games, it's a battle of attrition in the SEC specifically. Everybody knows about Georgia's weeks two, three, and four. If you have a good defense, you're going to be in ball games. 
Can you establish the run game? Do you have a good defense? Do you have a quarterback that can get you out of a bind? Georgia's in that position. Georgia is most certainly in that position. I think Alabama, clearly with Mac Jones at the helmet quarterback, you know they always reload on defense. They're going to be just fine. It's really about the challengers. And as of right now, I put Tennessee ahead of Florida. I'm sorry. I am just not buying in to the Florida hype. And in the West, I like Texas A&M to challenge Alabama. I really do. That's where I stand on Friday, August the 28th, 2020. It may change in the next four weeks before we kick off. But as of right now, I think with this different type of season, that's where I'm headed. Alabama won in the West. Georgia won in the East. Texas A&M two in the West. Tennessee two in the East. That's where I'm at. And you know what? I'm thankful to a point that the headlines and the news storylines surrounding college football have subsided a bit because that means these guys are practicing. That means they're getting ready for a season. For the past couple of weeks, it's just been open your computer in the morning, and it's an onslaught of negativity. Who knows what's going on? you got to cover everything. It's getting more quiet. That's a good sign to me. These guys are getting ready for the season. Obviously, they're following health and safety protocols. They want to play week one. And like I just said in that interview, With every passing day, my confidence grows that we're getting all 10 games. We're going to play the conference championships, and the college football playoff will go on as scheduled. I'm excited. I am excited. Now, the scary part. We head into a weekend. I'm sure negative headlines are soon to come, just like they have for the past four weekends in a row, and we'll be able to dissect them on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of next week. But in the meantime, thank you so much for tuning into this special episode, Punt and Pass SEC Radio Crossover. Be sure to follow us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 and head on over to puntandpass.com. It's your one-stop shop for everything college football. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. See you.